Fragrance as a means of travel is a wonderfully escapist theme, and one which seems to really endure in fragrance land, either as an inspiration within a brand for a specific fragrance, or as a more abstract concept across a line. Our guest today has taken fragrant travel to the next level, with a line of scents which evoke the spirit of some of the world's most amazing cities, from Los Angeles to Naples, Amsterdam to Istanbul. Charismatic places captured in little fragrant bottles. So today on the Sniff Perfume Podcast, we're taking you on a fragrant tour of the globe with Nick Stewart of Gallivant Perfumes. Hi Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Hello everybody and thank you very much for having me along. So normally I start by asking people where their fragrance journey began. But for you, what I want to ask is, where did you first notice the scent of a city and think, wow, I want to bottle that? Um, You mean for Gallivant or you mean in my my kind of in real life? Either or. Yeah, I suppose, listen, I am someone who I don't drive a car. I've never learned to drive. I'm always a city person. Um, So that's always been the backdrop to my life, really. So I've always been kind of like an observer. I, I like people watching. So I think it's been everything. It's been there all along, very early on. I think, yeah. So was there a specific city that you know? Was it where you grew up, or was there? Did you visit somewhere and you think, oh, that's got a real capturable sense? Again, I think I, I've grown up in London, um, but my family actually lives sort of scattered all around the world. So I was very lucky that we travelled. We didn't kind of travel for luxury holidays. We travelled so my parents could see their siblings and their parents kind of thing. So I always felt like different places had different associations. So I suppose for me, smell is just part of that portrait of the, the music, the food, the language in each place. Yeah. And how would you, you know, talking about Galavan, how would you describe the style of fragrance that make up the brand? Um, I mean, many of our listeners will be, um, they'll be familiar with the reference cities, but delving yeah. beyond that to what's in the bottle, you know, would you say your perfumes had a uniting style and what would that be? Oh, do you know, I find that hard to answer. Sometimes it's more interesting actually when customers tell me, uh, oh, I think this is your DNA. And I sometimes laugh and say, well, it's nice that you think that, but I don't kind of have a secret recipe. I think I'm trying to make really elegant, uh, wearable perfumes. You know, if you like really weird stuff, um, and listen, sometimes weird is good, but I don't really do that. Um, So elegant, wearable, quite classic in a way with a sort of French tinge. Um, But above all, I really want them to be beautiful, playful, and unpretentious. I want fragrances that feel quite democratic, like lots of different kinds of people can wear them. Mm. And that democracy, does that extend to the bottle size? Because your bottles are quite small, aren't they? Which is fantastic as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, I've got quite a lot of perfume, and if I'm going to buy a little bottle, I want 30 mil rather than 100 mil, for example. Yeah, so I think when we started, I launched back in March uh, 17, so sort of four and a half years ago, and we only did 30 mLs, um, and that was really twofold. It was partly because, you know, I wanted the, the brand to travel. I want perfume to go with you as you go around, um, so practical reasons. But also, yeah, I sort of wanted to say, look, we're a new brand, um, a small bottle, give us a chance, give us a little place in your life, in your perfume wardrobe. Um, 
so yeah it was it's sort of twofold yeah in terms of the sizing and has a city had a big impact on you recently um i think given the last two years has meant virtually no travel for me i've kind of explored more of my own city london again um you know, I think like a lot of people over this special period, should we call it that? You know, walking has become a really big thing for people. Um, and I, I'm someone that walks a lot for pleasure. I go for a walk every day. And I love it when people tell me, yeah, yeah, I've started this sort of like daily walk, sanity walk, whatever you want to call it. So, you know what? Travel for me is sometimes going to a neighbourhood of London that I don't actually know. Um you know, I've explored bits of southeast London, for example, which I really didn't know at all. Um, literally parts of it I'd never set foot in before, even though I've lived here a long time. So, yeah, I think sometimes travel is not always, you know, jet planes off to far-flung destinations. It's it's sort of a mindset about how you see the world around you. Um, yeah. And that's important to me with Galavant. I kind of want people to open their senses a bit, look at things smell things, taste things, listen, you know? Mm. There's lots of interesting things to discover on Mm. your own doorstep. There definitely is. And what I find interesting about cities is how they can form almost like a character in people's lives. So obviously I live in York and um, unbeknownst to me, I decided to move to York when I was eight Um, and I came on a school trip um and you know the you know for people who haven't been to york it's full of history you know it's got um walls you know big old city walls and a minster and there's roman stuff and viking stuff and you you can't go anywhere without hitting either an old folk tale or a bit of history yeah and i sometimes feel like york is a it's like a friend or it's like a character in my life and yeah that's one of the things that I like about Galavan is it feels a bit like you're being introduced to cities that are friends. Is that yeah. was that deliberate? Well, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. I sometimes people ask me like, why these cities and why have you chosen them or how do you choose them? And I sort of partly say I think they choose me. They keep calling me back. Um, I mean, with the exception of Bukhara because that was a slightly unusual trip you know, to Central Asia. You know, these are places I've been to a lot. So, you know, I've either lived in these places for a little period of my life or I've visited and visited and visited again. And often I've got friends there. So that sort of informs the perfume making as well, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice to hear. So how, you know, how was COVID for you? Um, How did the lockdowns impact you and your business? And did the fragrances kind of help console you? Absolutely. I mean, um, I sort of think of them as perfume companions in some ways. You know, they they live with me. I think they hopefully live with customers. You know, it's on your skin. Hopefully they feel personal on you. Uh, I think like everybody, you know, in perfumery will probably say similar things. You know, at the beginning it was very dramatic. Everything shut down. Uh, all the shops I work with around the world closed. Um and, you know, I'm a small business, so, you know, we do everything. Um, you know, we make the perfumes, we ship the perfumes. So, yeah, it was a very scary, kind of weird, bizarre, surreal time, I think. Everyone kept on saying to me, oh, you must be really upset you can't travel. <laughs> and I used to say, well, actually, that's kind of like the least of my worries <laughs> right now. Um 
but you know we're still standing we've survived the you know special period um i mean listen let's let's be honest it's not over you know it's not like it's all behind us um but i'm kind of very happy where we are because we managed to grow even during you know the lockdown periods um and that sort of says to me that we've got a product that's a quality product and that we've got fans and we've got customers who really love what we're doing um and that really means the world to me literally mm. um yeah so i'm very grateful for that yeah yeah and is there a city that you would love to visit but that you haven't been able to get to yet Oh God, there are lots. Yeah. I mean, my wanderlust is probably on another level. Um, I really um, I have a massive love affair now with Central Asia, um, which is, you know, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan. So I really want to go to Tajikistan. Um, so their capital city is called Dushanbe. So yeah, that's, that's next on my hit list. Uh, Maybe there'll be a Dushanbe perfume. I don't know yet. I, I haven't hope been there. so. I very much yeah. hope so. And it, personally, for me, some incredible Scandinavian cities have had this real huge impact on my life, like Oslo, Kristiansand, Ersund, um, Stockholm, Trondheim. I made, a, obviously, a huge list. Reykjavik, uh, Malmö. Oh, yes. I'd love to know, will we see a Scandinavian city perfume from you? Do you know what? It's really funny because we have a lot of fans in Scandinavia. I think sometimes they say they really like the aesthetic, our look, um, before they've necessarily smelt the perfumes. And, you know, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I do love Scandinavia. I think something special about summer nights, the festivals of summer. So, yeah, I, I'll never say never. Yeah, watch, watch this face. Good. That'd be one I'd be particularly excited for. Okay. It's on, on your wish list. Yeah, okay. definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and obviously you've got a new perfume just out a couple of weeks ago. That's Naples. Um, That's correct. So, yes. you know, we've sort of touched on this already, but why Naples? And But also, not just why Naples, but how long did it take you to kind of capture the scent that you wanted to? Yeah, I remember when um, I sort of was teasing like a little month or so ago about, you know, we've got an Italian perfume coming and, you know, people like to guess where we're going next. And um, actually everyone kept on saying Florence or Venice. And I think sometimes with Galavant, I'm trying to not do the obvious things. Um, so listen, I love Florence. I don't actually love Venice so much, but that's another story. But I really like the kind of grit of Naples. I like the grit of the people there. It's a little bit in a way, no one shoot me, but it, it kind of reminds me in a strange way of Liverpool. You know, it's a, it's a working class port city. Um, and I kind of get drawn to those places that feel like they've got a bit of grit as well as a bit of glam. Uh, I don't think perfumery should be over romanticised and over glamorised, you know. Um, so Naples has got a special place in my heart. I love south of italy i love the food um and it's just one of those places that is just such pure joy to wander around you know every corner there's something interesting the people watching is amazing so yeah it ticks all the boxes for me in terms of the kind of city that i like yeah it doesn't feel bland at all you know you really feel that you're in naples where sometimes when I'm, i travel now i sort of feel like this could be x y or z city it doesn't have a a character of its own that immediately sort of jumps out at me mm. yeah yeah i think 
um, there's something, I've only been to Naples once and it was a long time ago, but it felt real. It felt like people yeah. actually lived there. Yes. Whereas, yes. you know, some parts of Florence, although incredibly beautiful, you feel a little bit like you're in a film and you yes. can't imagine people, you know, particularly in that sort of central bit, people going home with their, no. <laughs> you know, their bag of shopping. And it, it's a little bit, um, almost, I suppose, it's become a representation of itself in a way. Yeah. And I I kind of, I don't want to sound like a snob in any way because I really am not, but sometimes those places feel a bit Disneyland to me. It's almost a bit like, okay, behind the facade, what's going on? Um, and so, yeah, I like cities like Naples where it feels still like a working city. You know, you see people in their little workshops and they live above it and their mum runs a restaurant next door. I find that really charming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things I really like about Scandinavian cities as well is they, they feel real. All the, a lot of the ones that I've been to, yeah, they still feel real and they still yeah. feel like, yeah, people live there and that they kind of inhabit them rather than just view them. They sort of, yeah. they're in and amongst the buildings. And... Yeah, because I want the Gallivant perfumes to feel like a little snapshot, different snapshots, different sort of memories from these places. Uh, I don't, I, I find it really hard, for example, to, to distill our perfumes into kind of one-liners because I'm always thinking, yeah, but there were lots of different moments that it sort of inspired the perfume. It's never just sort of one thing. Um, so yeah, they, they're meant to feel multi-layered as well. Talking about one that I really liked was Los Angeles. Yes. And in fact, it's actually one of my favourites. And LA is one of my favourite cities, um, interestingly, as well. And I think it's because it seems to quite polarise people. I had some amazing times there. Um, you know, sort of incredible food, really friendly people, and yeah. fantastic weather. Yes. <laughs> um, what was it about LA that inspired you? Um, I think actually the, the the thing that really was interesting for us working on Los Angeles is I, I've got a sort of love-hate relationship with the place too. I mean, you know, because I don't drive a car and can't drive, I'm forced to walk and go on buses. And my friends who live in Los Angeles are all sort of a bit appalled. Well, they're appalled that I've never learned to drive because they can't understand that. And then the second of all, they're sort of a bit appalled, like, but you can't walk around these, this place, it's too big. And I'm like, yes, I can. And I do. And then I can get on a bus when I want to. So I've probably seen a bit of an underbelly of Los Angeles that lots of the people I know living in Los Angeles don't see or don't know exists. So I feel the perfume is quite um, panoramic in a way. There's lots of different elements of it. And there's definitely a sort of underbelly to that perfume, um, which I think is what makes it really interesting on skin. You know, it goes back to that kind of sense of authenticity again, because, you know, you walk down the Hollywood Walk of Fame and you realise that it's not as glamorous as it looks on the yeah. TV. You know, <laughs> yeah. I stayed in a... It's quite seedy. It's quite it? seedy, yeah. yeah. Um, I stayed in a hostel just around the end of it and walking back at night was, uh, yeah, it, it felt a little bit dicey and, um, yeah. it you know, it was interesting and yeah. like, like you, the last time I went to LA, I didn't, um, I wasn't driving, I, I do drive now, but I wasn't at the time and so... We got the bus and we were looking for a mall and um, we got the bus as near to it as we could. And then we were stood looking at this map and this very sweet woman actually pulled up in this kind of big black SUV and was like, you know, ladies, can I help you? You know, why are you on the street looking at a yeah. map? And we were said, oh, no, it's fine. We're just going to the mall. And, um, we're English. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, 
look, let me take you. (laughs) She actually gave us a lift because she didn't want us walking around LA, which was, you know, it was very sweet of her um, and very kind. But it is that, um, it is that culture, isn't it? It's that driving culture. It's that, like, you don't, you're not out on the street. You're not, you're sort of taking in your surroundings. You're just passing through it to get to the next, um, the next part of town where you might walk. It's a, it's a really strange but really interesting place. I think perfumery is really interesting when it unveils itself slowly. And I think Los Angeles is a nice example of that. So sometimes customers will tell me, oh, you know, oh, I loved it at the opening. You know, you get this real kind of eucalyptus sort of, you know, you get this marine element. Um, And then sometimes I say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, you know, try perfume on your own skin. Listen to it. They'll evolve. They'll change. And that's an important part of the style of perfumery that we're doing at Galavant. And then sometimes they'll come back to me like a week later and go, oh, wow, Los Angeles. Oh, that really changed. (laughs) (laughs) And I sort of say, yeah, definitely. Definitely that one has got a lot, quite a lot going on, actually. Yeah. Which maybe is why it keeps it interesting. Mm. I personally think it's a really exciting perfume to wear. You know, every time I put it on, I think, oh, wow, yeah. Colour, Southern California and, and an underbelly. So... Yeah, I wear I wear it a lot. Yeah. For me, it's that kind of it's that high contrast light that LA has. Somehow, that's been translated into the perfume, and it you know it's that sort of slightly sun bleached, but then with these yes. real pops of color, like from the yes. I think they're called jacaranda trees, something like that. Yes, like just yes, real, yes. like it looks like somebody's got paint and splattered it on the sidewalk, and yeah. so everything's bleached, and then there's just this like luminous blue, and that's. Somehow, I think that's been captured in the perfume, and I think it's really quite clever. I, I kind of describe it as a neon floral, um, and I think a few people have sort of picked up on that and said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really kind of spot on for the perfume. It does feel like it's got a lot of colour, mm. yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you you set the creative direction of Gallivant. Um, how do you go about picking the perfumers that you want to work with to compose the fragrances? Um, again, I'm probably really basic and a bit lazy. I like to work with people I've known a long time. Um, so really when I started, I left Lattes en Parfumer in 2015 um, and I spent two years developing the brand before I launched in 2017. So the first perfumes were made by Karine Chevalier, uh, who's done Los Angeles, Istanbul, for example. And she and I have known each other a long time in Paris. Uh, she did some work for me at Lattes en Parfumeur. And she's just brilliant. She's just fun. She's clever. She's, you know, she's got an amazing compositional skill, but she doesn't take herself too seriously. We like laughing together. Um, and I think there's a common feeling of perfume should bring some joy and pleasure. Otherwise, really, what's the point? Um, you know, we don't want to make museum pieces, for example. That's not really what we're about. Um, Georgia, who worked with me under Bertrand de Chauffeur at, at L'Artisan, so again, a friend and colleague. Uh, and as, as I've gone on to do things like Bukhara, that's with my old friend Ralph Schwieger, um, and now Naples with Luca Maffei, who I've known you know, for five or six years. Um, so yeah, it's all slow. <laughs> it's kind of slow and unstrategic in a way. I, I like things to happen kind of naturally i'm a big believer things that happen naturally take on their own life force yeah i don't like forcing anything but naples for example was really slow 
Um, and I'm sure at some stages, Luca was thinking, and yes, what do you think? And I'd say, well, Luca, you know me, I like to take my time. I want to wear it. I want to think about it more. And sometimes when you're working with a perfumer, they're kind of a bit paranoid, understandably, because it's you're in the creative process and they're thinking, what do you think? Tell me. And I'm saying, mm, just leave me, <laughs> you know, leave me to wear it. Um, and that's not a good thing or a bad thing. Just leave me to sort of macerate in it a bit. So, yes, yeah, slow. Slow is a luxury I've got. I really find it fascinating what happens at that that sort of intersection between what your brief is and what you're trying to communicate and what the perfumer, how they interpret that. And there's, you know, it's almost like a Venn diagram where you cross over. And yeah. it's like you've got, you know, two separate people trying to form this communication. There's the bit in the middle where they meet. And that's where the magic happens. And I just find that really yeah. fascinating. And sometimes you can't sort of um, explain it to other people. I mean, sometimes like with Kareen, especially because, you know, we're working together a lot. Um, I just send her little pictures sometimes from things. I mean, L Los Angeles started actually when I left Paris, I went to the US for a holiday um, and I just took a picture standing in the middle of Sunset Boulevard in the middle of the traffic. It was probably quite dangerous and stupid. And I just took a picture on my phone and it was sunset on Sunset Boulevard. And I sent it to Kareen, who's in Paris, and said, you know, this is a moment. I didn't think this is the beginning of a brief of a person. Say to her, I'm in Los Angeles. So sometimes it's it's not as sort of strict as people imagine, I think. It's very fluid. And I wanted to ask you as well, what are the factors that you think make a really good perfume? Ooh, um, I think it's got to make you feel something, um, which of course is very difficult to describe really in words, but you know it when it happens. So the other day a customer came, actually he wanted to, he's a collector, he buys sort of nearly everything we do. He wanted to uh, buy Naples, but he brought me an old Hermes perfume um, and I just smelled it and I hadn't smelled it in maybe 15 or 20 years. And it really just took my breath away again. And it really made me feel a bit sad, a little bit melancholic, a little bit nostalgic for the past. Um, and I went very quiet and I think he thought, well, what do I think? And I just said, it's, this is a real perfume. Uh, and what I mean by that is it makes me feel something a little bit like when you're listening to a piece of music. You can't necessarily express it in words, but you feel it. So perfume has to do that for me. I think it has to feel memorable. Um, for me, when I'm evaluating perfume sort of professionally, but also just in my personal life, I want it to feel memorable. I want it to provoke some memories, but I want to feel like, you know what, in 10 years' time, I'm going to remember wearing this perfume. So if it doesn't sort of do that, then I'm maybe a little bit less interested in it. The other thing I think it's got to have some sort of aesthetic beauty. Yeah. And of course that's subjective. Um, but I kind of know what style I like, uh, that I like wearing from other people that I like doing for us. Um, but I'm sure I could tell you the, the ingredients of that, what I mean by that, but I know it when I smell it. Yeah. You've been immersed in the perfume industry for the last 20 years or so now. 
Do yes. you ever do you ever get tired of it, or is it those those kind of magic moments that keep you hooked? I honestly never bore of it or tire of it at all. I think there's two things that keep it really special and really addictive. I think it's, first of all, the people. Um, I don't think I'm like the first original person to say that, but really it's the people. The people in Perfume Land are people who are doing it for passion. They're doing it for love. Um, you know, lots of us certainly are not doing it to become millionaires because that's really not the reality for 99.9% of people like me or Sarah McCartney or people you know. Um, the other thing is you're constantly learning. I mean, listen, I've been doing it since the mid-1990s. You know, I've worked for big, big companies that everybody knows. I've worked for L'Artis en Parfumeur for the best part of a decade. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly smelling new things. I'm constantly smelling new accords. I'm constantly learning about the, the world of perfumery. Um, and that's fascinating and that keeps it fresh and it keeps it feeling like you just started yesterday. Mm. So yeah, it's, uh, I feel very lucky that I found perfume. And yeah. if you, if you had the power to change one thing about the fragrance industry or, or the perfume industry, what would that be? Uh, I'd like it to slow down a little bit. Um, I think, you know, sometimes it feels like it's becoming a fashion kind of business where, we're all pushed constantly to launch new collections. And of course, the reality is there's so many, many perfumes around that for most customers, anything they smell is a new discovery. Um, so I'd like it to slow down. I'd like it to be a little bit more humble as well. Um, I'm maybe an inverted snob because I sort of sometimes think these really, really expensive things that get really hyped aren't always as good as they should be for the price tag. And sometimes things that now cost like £35 on eBay are gems of perfumery and are kind of forgotten because it's not in this sort of new machine of mm. newness. So, yeah, I kind of wish we'd be a little bit more down to earth as mm. well. And I think, you know, I think I know the answer to this before I even ask it, but outside of work, is fragrance still a big part of your life and do you still enjoy wearing it? And do you wear just your own stuff or do you wear other people's as well i i love i i really am like a, a bit of a bore about perfume i guess i i talk about it a lot you know i really enjoy it and i love talking to people about perfumery uh, i do have other interests i should add uh, absolutely yeah of course i wear other people's perfumes i mean i wear you know, certainly I like to wear perfumes that are created by friends, you know, people like Sarah Baker, who I think is brilliant, people like Francesca Bianchi, Sarah McCartney, you know, I, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, I like that we all support each other. That's very special to me, this little community of sort of perfume makers. Um, but like this morning, for example, I, I put on Fahrenheit of Dior. Um, and I won't tell you how much I paid for that bottle. It was uh, very cheap. Um, and I w was wearing it, you know, all morning and I'm just thinking, God, this is such a good perfume. Um, sometimes I sort of wonder, God, if we rebottled this and it had a different label on it and it was 250 pounds, maybe people would be thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. You know? So yeah, no, I definitely wear a lot of different perfumery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not all expensive stuff either mm. by any stretch. No, that's, that's great. I also wear, you know, I was yesterday I wore Fam of Rochas. So, um, yeah, I, I love those kind of 
French perfumes, I guess. Yeah. I think that's uh, informed my style a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of my sensible questions. I'm going to ask you some slightly, slightly sillier, slightly more upbeat, quickfire ones now, if you'll indulge me. So what's your favourite smell? Ooh, um, favourite smell is really something like Oris. Um, something I just can't get enough of. I'm addicted to it as a raw material. I love smelling it in the uh, in composition. Um, I love smelling it in other people's perfumes. Yeah, I, I love it. Can't get enough of it. What smells do you dislike? Ooh, um, that's a hard one. But I'm going to say I dislike very kind of loud, noisy smells. Um, yeah, I wouldn't sort of single out an ingredient. But, yeah, I don't like things when they're too big, too noisy, shouty, screechy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a kind of family of materials that screech, 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 and I, I don't find it very pleasant or elegant. If you could go anywhere and smell anything from any point in history, where would you go and what would you smell? Ooh, uh, I'd like to be transported to the London Docklands in probably the sort of late 19th century. So, you know, we're kind of full-on trade routes, ships coming from, you know, every corner of the world, bringing spices and different materials. I, I think that would have been just fascinating. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what do you think fear smells like? Ooh, um, I think something sweaty, something a bit cold, something a little bit metallic almost. Yeah. Uh, what smell transports you to a strong olfactive memory and where does it take you? Um, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of patchouli as well. And I think one of the reasons I've got a real affection for it is it really reminds me of one of my earliest fragrance memories, which was potting plants on a balcony with my mum. So I think we were taking the soil out of like terracotta little little pots. So for me, I don't know, when I smell patchouli and I smell that sort of damp earthiness, it takes me straight back to that, which is a nice memory. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you might have already told us, but what fragrance are you wearing right now? Well, I'm wearing actually two. <laughs> so I put on uh, Fahrenheit this morning and then I've also got Bukhara on because a customer came, he wanted to smell Bukhara on his skin and on my skin. So I've ended up with a, an interesting mix of, <laughs> uh, of, of different types of perfume. Um, what does summer smell of to you? Oh, I love summer. Um, I love the smell of, you know, hot sand of pine forests sort of think of yourself by the mediterranean yeah mm, love that. Which I'd, I'd love to be there all year round yeah. with that smell uh what smell reminds you of school oh um i'm gonna say I, i'm old enough that i sat at wooden desks we all had our own little single wooden desks with a lid that lifted up do you remember those <laughs> um and yeah so that kind of dry woodiness yeah and finally, if scientists were to invent a smellophone, who would you call? Can I only choose one person? Yeah. Uh, okay, Corinne Chevalier. Yeah, yeah. It would make it would make life quite easy. Yeah. Bring it on, I say. <laughs> and if uh, listeners want to find out more about your brand, where should we send them? Um, so come and see me at my website, please. So that's gallivant-perfumes.com. Um, for people listening from different parts of the world, you can find our stockist list on the website. Um, 
I love hearing from people. Really, I'm very open. So, you know, message me on Instagram, send us an email, send me a postcard. Yeah, I, I love I love the contact with people and I love hearing what perfume means to people in their lives. It's it's really special that they share that. Wonderful. Nick, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. The Sniff Perfume Podcast is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram, at the Sniff website, or Twitter with the same handle. If you'd like to support our work, please find me on Buy Me A Coffee. The web address is buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Sniff. Our guest today was Nick Stewart from Gallivant Perfumes. We weren't paid in cash or in kind to feature Nick or the brand. Nick has previously sent us samples of his fragrances. Thanks very much for listening and join us again soon for another episode of the Sniff Perfume Podcast.